dancing in the dark We were sitting in my car, but baby I guess we didn't make it too far And I thought that I'd be tougher than the rest And I could get you off my chest, but maybe I've just got a hungry heart Every time that he comes on I can see you in that red dress singing along And I don't know what to do So hey, Bruce Shut up, Springsteen Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson, and we're doing a twofer tonight. We will be talking Bruce, but we're also going to be talking um, an up-and-coming singer-songwriter and sharing his music. So, Gary, welcome to the podcast. What's up, everybody? Thank you so much for having me. I'm super pumped to be here. I uh, love Bruce, and uh, I'm ready to uh, dive right in. Thank you for having me. Well, yeah. Tell us a little about yourself. Yeah, so my name's Gary Frost. I'm uh, 24 years old. I'm from Colts Neck, New Jersey. Um, I first got into songwriting, really uh, country music style, um, a couple years back. And ever since, I've been touring locally with my band. Um, We've played across New York, Pennsylvania. Um, I played a pretty big show yesterday in uh, Point Pleasant, opened up for a big country guy named Michael Ray, which was pretty big for me. Nice. But back and forth to Nashville a bunch. Um, I got a place down there, so kind of doing the whole back and forth thing. When I'm not up here performing, I'm down there writing and all vice versa. And really just I want to become a songwriter is the main thing. Um, And every step of the way, every chance I can play, I'm always playing. So. Growing up in Jersey, why country music? I think I got exposed to it um, in high school. Um, I had my whole family was really big into country music. All my friends were um, mm-hmm. going to a bunch of concerts. It really started, I would say, with uh, Florida Georgia Line was a big part of it. Okay. Um, one of those concerts at this place called PNC. It's in Homedale, New Jersey. Um, I saw them there. And from the minute I saw them play, I was just hooked. And just their style and their music and the words and the way they said it in such like a poppy yet had that twang to it. It's what really got me wanting to write. And that's that's probably where it first really kicked off, I would say. So I always like to start at the beginning. So growing up, it sounds like your parents were into a lot of country music. Talk to me. What kind of music were you? What were they playing around the house when you were a young toddler and getting into your teens? So when I was growing up, my parents were playing everything from, uh, well, my dad was a big Bob Seegert fan. So (laughs) that'd be on all the time, some Springsteen songs. Um, My mom was the one that was really into country. Um, A lot of stuff 
back, like Hootie and the Blowfish, uh, Luke Bryan, you know, things like that. Um, I know as I was got a little older, started to turn to like Jason Aldean, stuff like that. That's where I get a lot of influence from, I would say. Um, probably the Luke Bryan, Jason Aldean era. Just missed that turn of like the Merle Haggard type music, more mm-hmm. like the poppy stuff. But ever since then, you know, as time's gone on, my parents have been showing me a bunch of new stuff. And that, that's probably where it came from in the household, I'd say. A lot of Luke Bryan, you know, Hootie yeah. type stuff. Um, Eric Church was a big one as well. Uh, my mom was a big Eric Church fan. She's been to a couple concerts by him over the years. And that's probably where it, it came in the house. And that's probably how, it, you know, vultured its way into my life. So, yeah. Do, um, do you, do you, I mean, how about our, the classic uh, country? Like, you know, you mentioned Bro Haggard. You talk about, you know, Willie Nelson, Hank Williams. Johnny Cash were, were, were those later became an influence or is it more of the modern music that kind of speaks to you? Well, I always, I appreciate like the older stuff, like some of my favorite older guys, really Travis Tritt is very, uh, one of the bigger guys that I try to grab some influence from. Yeah. Um, I would say most of my style comes from a mix of like, I don't know, modern rock and then like very okay. country, like modern country. That's, that's kind of like the way I like to describe my music. Okay. Trit, probably okay all right uh did um how early did you know you wanted like well first when did you start playing guitar and when did you know you wanted to write music um actually it happened one night at a campground when i was seven years old okay Uh, it was a karaoke night in like a barn and I, i was about seven years old and my parents signed me up without me knowing, and they made me pick a song. So I picked Sweet Home Alabama. Okay. And I got up and I sang it, and everyone was like, for a seven-year-old, he's not, he's not terrible. So <laughs> when we got back, like, that next week, my parents, like, signed me up for, like, voice lessons and stuff. And then that's, that's where it really took off, kind of. I learned how to play the guitar, a little bit of piano, mm-hmm. um, and then been writing ever since. But that's, that's like, the main start to <laughs> Yeah. Know, it was pretty funny. That's your that's that's your seek that was your debut, right? That was it. That that's <laughs> that's that's pretty cool. Um did you so um when you know we talked a little bit, but um did you how did you start? Did you decide did you start being a solo artist? Did you try to get a band together? You know, I, I'm thinking of like, you know, Brad Paisley's, you know, talking about building a band and all of a sudden his pop, you know, he does a lot of music that I really love. So did you kind of a little bit of both like, okay, I'm going to try to do some music by myself. I'm going to get a bunch of buddies together. Yeah, it was a little bit of both. Um, I would say for the first couple of years, it was mainly just me and my guitar um, yeah. playing a lot of covers and stuff and some, you know, pretty bad songs that I had written sure you know but then over time as i started to see i started to like outgrow some of these places that i was playing at and in order to get to you know the bigger venues bigger bars things like that i needed to put a band behind me so actually a couple people that i grew up with um Mm -hmm. they were very big into music um you know we started jamming together and it just it turned out great and i've been with them probably right since covid and like you know was starting to fade out when things started to get slowly back together um I don't know when that was like beginning of 2021, I'd say. Okay. And then, yeah, probably for the last year, year and a half, been playing most of my shows, 95% of them with the full band. So, 
do you remember what was the what was the first gig that we went pinch me i can't believe we're playing this that's a good one um honestly there's there's been a couple but the most surreal one for me was actually like 24 hours ago it was the one yesterday um that was okay. my that was my first time opening for like a major national act who yeah he's got you know pretty much the same style that i'm trying to uh you know take influence from it's a lot of that southern country rock type thing like with a hint of pop yeah uh, and that was a pretty big venue that was probably about 1500 2000 people last night um definitely the biggest that i've ever played you know not doing covers and things like that yeah. my own stuff but yeah i would say that and before that like things like the stone pony asbury park mm-hmm. oh um, okay played there a couple times uh, playing there in another couple weeks opening up for another big guy um doing a pre-party for that inside so that'll be cool oh that's very cool yeah. do um let's you let's talk about the reason we came on you you have a new song out yeah so tell me a little bit about it what what would t- tell my audience of what it is and then talk about what was the inspiration for it yeah so pretty much speaking of asbury park um it's uh the song is called shut up springsteen and I know what you guys are thinking. It's not any, you know, slander towards Bruce Springsteen or anything. Right. It's actually my neighbor. He lives, you know, a couple houses down. It's pretty cool. Um, but um, I would say the whole essence behind that song is it's about like love and loss. In other words, um, you know, for example, my song, one of the first songs that I showed my girlfriend when we first started dating was Dancing in the Dark. She never heard it before. Mm-hmm. The whole idea behind it, I got some derivatives from the song Springsteen by Eric Church. And I was like, sure. I, I want to create like a, a song that makes people think about like, when I hear this song, I want to immediately tie it to this person or this moment. And for me, it was always hearing that dancing in the dark with her for the first time. And I thought about, you know, how awful would it be if something were to happen to us? And from that kind of perspective, if I ever heard this song again, I wouldn't be able to listen to it. So that's kind of where Shut Up Springsteen kind of came from. You know, it could have been with any artist. It just so happened that for me, Dancing in the Dark tied in to the beginning of my relationship. And the whole song kind of touches on like, you know, going for a drive, not wanting to, you know, get rid of this thought of this girl in your head. And throughout the whole thing saying, just shut up Springsteen. Like, I can't listen to you anymore. I keep thinking about her and it's driving me crazy. That's pretty much where it came from. Yeah, I love that because, um, you know, music is so powerful and mm-hmm. it connects us. Um, there is a, um, a musician uh, from Indiana called John Hyatt, mm-hmm. um, and he's known more as a um, songwriter than he is a performer, though he's done, you know, his share of albums. And um, my wife found one of uh, one of her best friends in high school started dating a guy named Rick and Rick loved John Hyatt. And even though, you know, they got married, they ended up divorced, but we stayed friends with Rick and, um, and Rick died of a brain aneurysm several years ago. And for the next two or three years, anytime John Hyatt would come into town, you know, my wife goes too soon. It just too soon. She can't even think about that till finally, you know, we went and saw him and, you know, she reached over and she squeezed my knee and said, Rick's sitting next to us. 
you know, she felt that. But I think that's, you know, I have another friend who tougher than the rest, one of his favorite Springsteen songs for him and his Mm -hmm. girlfriend. And then when they broke up, all of a sudden the song now just it's it's touching that wound. Right. Yeah. And that's exactly what your your song kind of talks about. Right. Mm-hmm. there's a bunch of different ways that it can apply to anything, but that's yeah. the main part of it about hearing that and thinking of, you know, anything. Yeah. Um, and it just shows how powerful music can be, especially, you know, depends on like, yeah. what's, who's singing it, you know. Absolutely. Time. So can growing up in Jersey, can you remember when you first discovered Bruce and what about his music spoke to you? I would say it's probably in middle school. Um, okay. And I think the song was like born in the USA is when we first really, cause it was for like a, I think we were doing a project in middle school, honestly. Okay. That was like the main song. So yeah. I got home and I started listening to it. My parents were like, how the hell do you know this song? And, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and like my parents, you know, they've been listening to Bruce for, you know, I don't even know how many years, but um, that was probably the first time I got introduced to it. Then over time, you know, I, I wouldn't say that Bruce is my, you know, my go-to artist all the time, but there's definitely a lot of songs by him that I definitely relate to. And I love by him, um, you know, from that album itself, um, I'm on fire dancing in the dark is the biggest one. Um, glory days, especially. I mean, actually I've never seen Bruce in concert yet. And that, that really kind of pisses me off, especially now <laughs> with the whole, the whole song and everything. Like, you know, I want to take like my girlfriend or something to see it just so we could relive that moment in person. Well, but, yeah. And you know, that's, one of the questions I ask in the mm-hmm. podcast, Gary, is I say the amount of time I always preference the amount of times you've seen Bruce perform live mm-hmm. isn't a fair barometer of how big a fan you are because it can depend on your age, economic situation, where you live. Yeah. And there is, I mean, he's not toured if you don't count Broadway since like 2016. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, it's, it's been a long time. And I was going to drive in 2016. Yeah, exactly. And, (laughs) you know, and and I get the feeling he's ready to get back on that road. I think he is itching for that so bad to hear that crowd and, you know, to to get out there and rock with us. Um, You talked a little bit during the pandemic, you 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 took that time to to write, to kind of explore. How is it? how does it feel being able to get out and perform in front of people now after this, you know, this two years where we've been, we've missed that social interaction. Talk to me a little about that, Gary. It definitely like, it was weird at first, you know, cause I was doing a lot of like Facebook lives and like some mm-hmm. of the bars would have like live events. And I did a couple of those, but I was, it just didn't feel surreal, you know? And then when I first got back, um, I don't remember where it was the first time might've been bar anticipation and yeah. that might've been the first one. And it was, it was packed or with Huddies and cold snack, but we completely packed the place. And it was just like, wow, we're able to do this again. This is, this is crazy. We had like 300 people there. Like it, it was just a good feeling just to be back on stage in front of everybody for the first time. People I've been looking at through screens for the last two years, just seeing everybody in person, seeing like, you know, it, it was just, it was awesome. And then as soon as that happened, everybody started calling. Everyone wanted live music again. And then it just picked right back up. Yeah. So what, you you talked about you're spending some time in Nashville. Tell me about what you're, are you trying to 
do both paths to try to not only be a performer your own right, but also as a musician and that writer, you know, write songs that other people will want to record and, you know, kind of a dual path to success? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would say that my main thing right now is, you know, performing just because of all over the Jersey Shore and everything. Yeah. Um, but I do want to get into songwriting. Like I, I write, you know, hundreds of songs like every month, really. Yeah. Um, probably about 100, 150 songs a month. And a lot of them, you know, they would just sound better with somebody else. You know, I yeah. have all these things in my head, but if there's a different voice, a better voice for it, like mm-hmm. I've written songs for other people before with other people. That's kind of the norm in Nashville. You usually have like yeah. three or four writers on a song. Um, that's definitely the way to start and get my name out there. And then hopefully it leads towards, you know, going towards a solo career. That's that's the end mm-hmm. goal. Um, yeah. But, you know, writing's how I'm going to get there. Good. So um, being an opening act, how long do you usually... Well, talk to me the difference about setting, building a set list when you're an opening act and then like maybe when it's a smaller club and you're, you're headlining. Talk to me the difference on building those shows, what mm-hmm. goes into what and how, how do you tinkle with your, you know, plan? Yeah. So um, usually those smaller clubs where I'm headlining, um, a lot of the people there I know already and they're already a part of like my fan base. Sure. You get a couple new people. So what I do with that, I just, I just try to have fun, you know, make it a good time for everybody. Um, I'll usually play a little bit more covers as opposed to original stuff like that. Yeah. A lot of people there know me. They just, they want to have a good time. Remember that, come back. Um, yesterday and then, you know, in two weeks, for example, as an opener, you get a lot shorter of a window to play. So it could be anywhere from like a half hour to an hour. Like yesterday, I only had a half an hour. So right. Like seven, eight songs. So I try to pick like my best originals and like, two or three covers that I know everybody knows. Like, for example, I did a Luke Combs song and I matched it up with a Bon Jovi tune. And oh, nice. That has the first song. I don't know if you're familiar with like Luke Combs, like When It Rains, It Pours. Okay. That song, I did the first verse chorus and then I took Who Says You Can't Go Home first verse chorus and I blended them together and people went crazy. You know, it's the Jersey Shore. So. Sure, absolutely. <laughs> so it worked really well. So I opening acts, you have to pick and choose what songs you're going to use because you want those people to join your fan base, you know, follow you, all that stuff. Yeah. So that, that's kind of how I differentiate between the two, I'd say. So there was a point um, much younger when my, uh, my wife and I first moved to Dallas. Um, we had gotten to see a couple of local Dallas bands right Mm -hmm. and especially a singer-songwriter named Sarah Hickman and she was just starting out and uh, I I can't believe we did this but uh, my wife and I because we're you know both in our late 20s we would finish our gig you know our job day job at five o'clock 5 30 get home grab a quick bite to eat and then take a nap and we would set the alarm for like 930. And then we would drive to downtown Dallas because she wouldn't start. Sarah wouldn't start till like 1030 or 11. Yeah. Right. Because, it's you know, it's Monday night. It's just, you know, and we would stay for, you know, the whole two hours, watch her. And then, you know, we'd come home and, you know, be tired the next morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we did that every Monday because there is a there is a lot of fun going to see whether it's Springsteen or McCartney or Billy Joel or, you know, Jason Isbell, name whoever you want. 
but there is a joy in finding like someone like yourself that, Mm -hmm. oh, Gary is so amazing and dragging your friends. Oh, you got to hear this guy. And I I assume this is, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but, you know, Sarah would recognize us, you know, and Sarah would come back and say, oh, Jesse, Linda, I can't believe you're here again. Mm -hmm. So I assume you've got connections that, right? You're making these friends and these bandmates and these supporters that are like, you know, they're, they're, they're not quite friends, but there, there's a relationship between your audience, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, without, you know, people showing up to the shows and talking to you, you're just playing to nobody. It could be yeah. you know, back on Facebook live. <laughs> yeah. It's all about who you, who you meet out there. I've, I've met people from all ages, you know, moms, yeah. I've met kids, you know, everything. And you just make that interaction with them and they remember you and then they come to see you again. And that's how you, you know, it's really just a business, but you know, you're having fun and making friends, you know, along the way. It's awesome. Yeah, I, I made that joke. There was a small band. Um, they're still together. They, uh, uh, they're from Denton, Texas, called Brave Combo, and they do rock and roll polka. And uh, they've actually been nominated for and won a Grammy for best polka album of the year. Right. So they're 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 good. But, you know, when we were like in the late 80s, early 90s, we would go and I would joke, you know, when I go see Billy Joel, he doesn't come afterwards and say, hey, Jesse, thanks for going to the show. (laughs) I said, but, you know, uh, my boy Gary does. Right. (laughs) I'd be going to a lot more Billy Joel shows if he did. Yeah, right. And then, and it's also right. Uh, you know, you mentioned it makes me laugh because it would be like, oh, and here, sign up for my mailing list, right? Like, because please, because yeah. that way I, you know, because you're, you know, I, I notice your website. You've got all your gigs coming up, you know, and so you're emailing people like, hey, I'm going to be playing here. Would love to see you. <laughs> Gotta stay at the top of their minds. Yeah, well, and especially nowadays, right, Mm -hmm. that there is so many things asking for entertainment, but there is something beautiful about going to and and during that pandemic we i missed it so much that you couldn't go to even a small little venue to hear a local cover band you know that just just in in that joy of music so it's so great that we're able to do that again yeah because a lot of it you know there's nothing to do on the weekends and stuff usually right like you know, now's the time mm-hmm. you want to go out, listen to bands, like you know, dance, you know, drink. Yeah, you do anything. But now that it's back, you know, it's it's getting back to full force, and uh, it's about time. So you know. So you mentioned that's a pretty clever cover. What what are other songs that you like that you kind of keep in your quiver to go? Okay, crowd's kind of listless. Let's pull this one out to get some energy going. Are there a few you yeah. keep that? Yeah, so I got some country ones and some rock, for example, okay. um, like country, like Wagon Wheel, um, Country Girl, Shake It For Me, Luke Bryan, you okay. know, gets everybody going crazy. Then you go more towards the rock side. Um, I dive into uh, Take It Easy. Um, the Eagle okay, Bridge. sure. And then John Mellencamp, Hurt So Good. That one I just started doing more recently. Oh, nice. Love that one. Brian Adams, Summer 69. Um, yeah. Cause I'm, I'm a country guy, you know, and, but I like to throw in rock and stuff. Cause I got yeah. that influence from like, you know, my parents and stuff. Sure. Like that. So a lot of the times people at the shows, you know, if they're my parents, friends, like 
they yeah. won't know a lot of the country songs I'm doing in the originals, but then I, I sing one of those tunes, like a John Mellencamp tune, and they're like, oh yeah. my God, like they go crazy. So it's do, good to that mix in there. do you do any of like Tougher Than the Rest, I would think is one of Bruce's country songs, maybe, or, or you know, I'm on fire, certainly. I think you could make as a country song very easily. Yeah. Uh, do you do some Bruce covers? Um, we've had a request to do one a couple times. Uh, we've done Glory Days. Yeah. Um, but we hadn't really practiced it. So yeah. it was kind of just on the fly. Yeah. But yeah, I think it sounded pretty cool. Very nice. Because there's a lot, you know, more Bon Jovi stuff. Um, sure. You know, it, it, Bon Jovi's a little easier to incorporate with that country twang a little bit. Absolutely. Um, so we, we do a lot more Bon Jovi, but um, we have, we tried some Bruce stuff before. You know, Glory Days probably yeah. you know, the most common one. Tougher than the rest, I think, would fit into your yeah. style. I think that's a good one. You could country that up because I've heard, you know, versions of that. Yeah. So what's next? What are, do you want to try? You've got a single out. Mm-hmm. Are you trying to raise money to try to do an album? Uh, what, an EP? What, what, what's next for Gary? Um, so really right now, what's next is um, I'm moving down to Nashville or, you know, I'm going to kind of be like a snowbird a little bit. So I okay. got some shows. But I'm going to spend my main time down there writing and stuff. I got a couple singles that I recorded down there the last time I was there that I'm slowly going to be releasing, um, gearing up towards like a full album. But okay. Every every dollar that I make for my shows, I reinvest right back into my music. So yeah. I'm kind of just saving up over time to release an album because, you know, it's not it's not cheap unless you're signing no. somebody. Yeah. And right now I'm independent. Sure. So that's kind of kind of what i've been working towards um and then i really just want to promote it you know i had a yeah. music video made for shut up springsteen um that was cool to do um, yeah it's a great video it's yeah, it's that, really well done that was a lot of fun uh, <laughs> have, have you kicked around doing a kickstarter to try to do a um you know an ep or something that that could be a good idea i haven't i haven't really even thought about that just because i've been yeah. so focused on like doing single after single yeah That's like two or three in the can right now that i'm mm-hmm waiting on time to release um sure. when it gets to that point you know that, that's probably a good idea well um if you decide you know you're welcome to come back mm-hmm. and i'd love to promote it anytime you've got a new single if you want to yeah. join me i think you're i think you have a lot of talent i think you have just the right sense of sense of humor mm-hmm. and uh like I said, you remind me a little bit, and I mean, this is a compliment, you know, a young Brad Paisley, just someone that just has a lot of energy, a lot of great heart. And so I, I'm, I'm thrilled that we've gotten to talk to each other. Yeah, um, so let's, let's talk about um, you, you, when do you, are words first or music first when you're writing? Uh, that's a tough one. Um, I would say words probably just because I could have a random idea. And like, yeah. if I go through like my notepad and my phone, I just have like little snippets written down. Right. And then like, usually like I get like hooks in my head and stuff. Sure. So like, when I was actually, when I thought of shut up Springsteen, I was driving and I don't, I think it was, uh, I don't remember. It might've been I'm on fire that came on. Cause I, I have them in my playlist, you know, the song. Mm-hmm. Sure. And that's kind of when I got the idea, like shut up spring, like, you know, like that's yeah. kind of, put two and two together and then i'm like i bet there's a bunch of other songs i could use for this as well so then i started thinking more like that but i usually Mm -hmm. had to key in on certain words and stuff and then i put the music in after okay Uh, but that's really my main you know how i've done things for the last 
know, a couple of years. Sure. Yeah, that works. That works a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so you you talked about Jason Aldean being one of your big influences. Are there songs or albums that that have really influenced you or inspired you that you go, yeah, this is what I'd like to work for. This is yeah. what I'm working toward. There's a lot of older Jason Aldean stuff um, that I really like. Um, his album nine is a really good one. Um, but aside from just like country and rock, another artist that had really big influence on me as a songwriter um, was Ed Sheeran. Actually, Okay. Growing up, I listened to every Ed Sheeran song, and I know he's a little bit different of a style, but I would say that's really like another push of where my songwriting, you know, kind of originated from. Because um, when I first started playing out, I wasn't country. Like the covers I were doing were like Ed Sheeran, like One Republic, like things like that. Sure. Because, you know, I was just uh, trying to figure it out as I went along. Um, but a lot of Ed Sheeran's like older stuff. Um, I would say new artists on the scene that give me inspiration, like John Party, I don't know if you're familiar like Tim McGraw, he's always yeah. been, you know, cause they have that, that sense of like Southern rock mixed with like sure. modern pop. And I just love the way it sounds. And I just, I try to emulate that as best I can. Yeah. I, I like that. Um, you know, and I think that's part of the journey, right? Gary is to find your voice, to find your, you know, um, to find your style and what you're going to do, I think is all part of, and you know, it, your musical journey will continue to change as you get other influences and you work on things and, you know, Oh, this didn't work with the crowd and let me retool it. Oh, now then by this little tweak, it'll work a little better. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's just what it's all about. Yeah. yeah. It, took, it took me a while to find like where I wanted to be in the kind of music I wanted to make. But once I found it, I've just been trying to hammer it out as best I can. And- good, good been working so far good um <laughs> anything else that i should have asked you that i haven't um the only other thing i really try to promote is my upcoming show um okay. at, the, at the stone pony i played there a couple times um but this will probably be the first time i'm really just doing like kind of my stuff um yeah. but country artist jake owen is playing there on july okay. 24th um, july 24th yeah july 24th coming up and okay before the show i'm doing a pre-party inside the stone pony so I'm all right people there and that that's an iconic stage i mean that's where you know that's yeah bruce, bruce is like the king of like asbury park sure and so that's that's massive yes yeah, so that's a great thing that's great good well i i will definitely make sure that this is out beforehand um your um if they want to reach you what's the best way what's the best way to contact you to and and what's the best way people can support you let's say because you know my podcast is going all over you know the country the world and so not everyone can go and see the show live but what are other ways we can support someone like yourself that's you know doing their trying to bring their music out to the world yeah absolutely i appreciate that um I would say the best way is to just, um, you know, subscribe to like my email list. Um, the big thing for musicians nowadays is Spotify, um, which is listed on my website, which is www.garyfrostcountry.com. Okay. That's that's the best way to find all my socials, everything, you know, every share, every like, every follower, um, that all adds up in the end because that's what a lot of these, you know, bigger people look at. And then when they see, Hey, he has a good following, a decent following. He's got, you know, a lot of streams. That's when they start to take notice. So I would, I would say, you know, mainly streaming on Spotify, okay. um, checking out my website. 
that's probably the best way they can help support somebody if they're not, you know, from the area, can't come to a show or something. All right. Sounds good. I will include all those links in the show. Yeah, all right, you. Gary. Um, I know you've worked a show, so you, you know, uh, I don't want to keep you too long, but I got to ask you, I ask all my guests, I end with a Mary question. So if you are a Gary uh, Frost fan and you found him on this podcast, thank you for checking me out. Um, Jay Armstrong is a retired honors English teacher from the Philadelphia area. And when he was teaching, he would take the song Thunder Road, break it apart, look at all the lyrics, look at all the themes, and then would ask his class, does Mary get in the car at the end of Thunder Road? So Gary, as a musician, as a young Springsteen fan, does Mary get in the car at the end of Thunder Road? Yeah, I was thinking about this all day because I knew this was coming. And I'm going to say, yes, she does. Okay. The reason that she does is because, um, you know, born to run, you just, (laughs) Bruce wouldn't write about something that he wouldn't bring, you know, he would go to the ends of the earth just to go anywhere he wanted to, you know, you're going to go pedal to the metal. I think anybody hanging out with Bruce is going to do that too. I don't think that they're going to slow down for anything. I think they want to hit the road running. Um, And that's what I think Mary did. I think that's why she got in the car. I love it. The great answer. All right. (laughs) GaryFrostCountry.com, uh, shut up Springsteen, go to Spotify, like it, uh, stream it, uh, YouTube, he has it too. give the man some likes, uh, and uh, on July 24th at the Stone Pony, go check him out, go tell Gary that, hey, I heard you on Set Lusting Bruce. Gary, anytime you want to promote a new song, just reach out to me and say, hey, Jesse, you got a few minutes, I'd love to have you on and talk again and when you're ready to do that kickstarter let me know and i will help you kick off all right buddy thank you so much i really appreciate it you're awesome yeah this this has been great i'm so happy i got to talk to you yeah me too all right listeners go get vaccinated go get boosted and let's be kind to each other because that's how we're going to get through this thank you gary thank you listeners we'll talk to you soon goodbye this podcast would not be possible without my wonderful group of patrons I want to send a special thanks to John Munson, Mary Thomas, Terry Smith, Dale Hosick, Andrew Goddard, Stephen Malio, Alex Samada, Anna Lynn, Chris Bloom, Holly Mack, and Captain America, a.k.a. Steve Rogers. Thank you guys for supporting the podcast. Your support means the world to me, and you are forever in my heart. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only, said Listing Bruce. The theme for Set Listing Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.